Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Over to our Hammerhead hotline we go. Tom Deanhart, GoldenBlack.com, is with us. Purdue and Iowa doing battle this Saturday. Uh, Purdue, 11 and a half point underdog. And Tom is here to uh, walk us through it and uh, talk about everything we need to know. Tom, uh, boy, thanks for uh, being on as always. A, a heck of a finish. Uh, out of uh, Iowa over Penn State last Saturday. Um, that's that's scary how good they were against a, a really good Penn State team. Uh, I know Clifford goes out of that one. Maybe if he stays in, it's it's a, a different ball game and everything. But, you know, this is the game. This is the way that it's played. And uh, you can't deny that uh, Iowa looks to be the best team right now in the Big Ten. At least I think they're the best team in the Big Ten. What say you? I don't know, Jared. I, I guess I have my reservations. Really? Still, despite that, despite that glossy six and zero record, despite that scintillating number two national ranking, I just and I, I've got I do have them number one in my weekly Big Ten Power Poll, but I still have a hard time really wrapping my head around thinking that team is the best in the Big Ten. If they, if they played Ohio State ten times in a neutral field, how many would Iowa win? Is, is Iowa as good as Michigan? Is as good as Michigan State? But like you said, you got to give them credit, man. They've, they've knocked down who they're supposed to knock down in front of them. Um, but, you know, flashing back real quick to Saturday at Kinnick Stadium, Jared, 17-3 when Sean Clifford goes out, Penn State's lead. Are you going to tell me you think Iowa's still going to win that game if Clifford plays all four quarters? I don't know. I, I really don't. Prob- probably not. I, I would say that's probably an 80 to 85% chance Penn State wins that game. They had to hang, they had to hang off their dear life against a quarterback who was totally overwhelmed. Iowa still barely beat beat, beat that team. Yeah, well, I, I'm with you, but let's face it: is there anybody that's going to stop them? And the, they're going to be in the Big Ten championship game. There's nobody that's going to be able to take them. You know what I mean? I, hey, they, they still have to play Wisconsin too. I know. The oh, don't agree. You're, yo, hold on a second. We're going to get on the Iowa offense, and you're you just threw Wisconsin yeah, at me, Graham Mertz? Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm hey, you, Graham Mertz. Spencer Petrus, Petrus, that guy. I'll take him yeah, over Graham Mertz any day of the week and twice on Sunday. You're you're out of your mind. This game, that game, I believe, is in Madison this year too. Yep. So I understand Wisconsin's got its offensive awards, but they got a heck of a defense, buddy. And <laughs> Iowa's offense, huh, you know, you're not going to walk into Madison and score thirty on that defense. So I still think Iowa's going to lay an egg at some point. But there's, there's no doubt about it. They're they're going to be a that heavy favorite to get to Indianapolis here and play for the Big Ten Championship. Good for Iowa. Maybe, Jared, you know what? Maybe I'm just jealous and envious of Iowa. <laughs> We're talking with Tom Deanhart, <laughs> goldenblack.com. All right, so here's the $64,000 question. Who is the quarterback for Purdue on Saturday? Without a doubt, it's Aiden O'Connell. But now here's, here's what I think has got to happen, Jared. They've got to use Austin Burton more often than they did against Minnesota. We saw Burton come in three times against the Gophers, one play on each occasion, all in the first half, and he ran it each time. To some uh, to some degree of success, I might add. I, I just think Burton needs a larger role. Uh, we see teams in pro football and college football use this alternate quarterback all the time. I think of the Saints with Taysom Hill when they had Drew Brees. I mean, you know examples. I know more examples. Purdue needs a dynamic option at quarterback, especially in the red zone and short yard situations. And Austin Burton can bring that to this offense. Jared, there's nobody else that Purdue can put in the game at running back or quarterback that's going to provide what Burton could provide to this offense. That's simple. 
And they can't get guys off the waiver wire. You can't go and sign free agents. Burton's their best chance to add a dynamic element to this offense. And he can throw the ball, too, Jared. And everybody says, well, you're going to bring him in. And everybody knows he's going to run the ball. Yeah, Burton can run the ball, but you know what? He can throw it, too. So I, I really think um, if I'm Purdue, I would definitely find a, a larger use of Austin Burton, uh, especially, like I said, in the red zone. And even anywhere on the field, if it's third, short, or fourth and inches, why not bring him in, make the defense have to think once or twice about, is he going to run it or is he going to throw it? Yeah, I'm with you there. And then, of course, too, you, you have to take into consideration if it's going to be a direct – it's like the Wildcat. You know, you're looking to get the extra blocker in the matchup there and one less guy with a chance to come free. I mean, it's a little bit more than just, oh, yeah, we know he's going to run, so we're just going to, you know, just jailbreak blitz, just send everybody to the house. But, yeah, uh, I agree with you. They need that dynamic option. They need to do something different in the red zone because, yeah. I, I mean, they've struggled. Their top two red zone targets have been what David Bell and Payne Durham, and they've both been missing time here early on. I don't think it's any coincidence, uh, Tom, that we're talking about a lack of red zone production, and then those two guys have been missing game time. And Xander Horvath, too. Yeah. Um, your most physical, most proven, your, your best running back, Jared, let's be honest. And, of course, he got him way back in the UConn game. Seems like six months ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we always ask Jeff Brom about when he thinks Xander could be back, and he, he certainly didn't sound like he was going to play Saturday. Maybe he comes back for that Wisconsin game, October 23rd, Purdue's game after the Iowa game. Um, so, yeah, no Xander Horvath. Payne Durham was in concussion protocol, and David Bell missed the game of the protocol as well. Now, Bell was back. We all know that. He played against Minnesota. Jeff Brom said we should see Payne Durham against the Hawkeyes. So, boy, David Bell, Payne Durham, that, that's a good starting place to try to jumpstart that, that red zone offense for Purdue. It just seems like the bye week comes at a pretty opportune time, right in front of a, uh, a major opponent. And, you know, when you're trying to get, uh, what, your second-best target back, you're trying to get uh, David Bell kind of back into things after missing uh, a week with the concussion. It just seems like, you know, Purdue doesn't normally get this lucky, uh, but I think they got really lucky with the way this unfolded with the scheduling this year, Tom. Yeah, yeah, and um, getting some of the key guys healthy. And David Bell against Iowa, Jared, look it up the last two games, 2019-2020. Oh, killing him. 13 passes each game. And, uh, you know, Jeff Brahms, he's 3-1 and one against Iowa. I know he didn't coach the game last year. Brian did, but still, um, he's 3-1 and one against the Hawkeyes. And, um, Jared, in each one of those wins, they found some matchup in the secondary they could exploit. And they hit passes downfield. I know it's going to be hard to do. Jeff Robinson said it's going to be hard to do. I was ready for it. They played disciplined defense. But, again, 2017, it was Elijah Sinlar and Anthony Mahangu. 2018, it was David Blau and Terry Wright. 2020, it was Aiden O'Connell and David Bell. So, I think if everybody thinks, Jerry, if he's going to have any chance, sadly, you're going to have to have a big game from, from the Aiden O'Connell-David Bell connection, I think. And, yeah, and that's part of the thing that scares me so much about having him in there. It's a very opportune defense, I feel like. And on top of that, you got a guy who, uh, you know, has been known at times to kind of uh, force the issue. And, you know, you talk about that yeah. deep ball, too, uh, not having you seen in there. I saw that uh, he's been kind of ruled out here. He, he's made a pretty good impression early on. I know you liked him in camp, but unfortunately won't be at Purdue's disposal on Saturday. They've got enough other weapons, though, I think. Yeah, though, he was a nice young redshirt freshman who's coming on a little bit. But you still have T.J. Sheffield. You know, you still have Milton Wright, Steady Jackson Anthrop as well. You have Brock Thompson. There's plenty of still good pass 
catching options for Purdue. But you talked about uh, an opportunistic Iowa defense, Jared. 16 interceptions in five games. Mm. Uh, I think it's 20 overall takeaways. They're number one in the country in both those. They've scored three defensive touchdowns, two pick sixes. I mean, and then, and then the total opposite end of the spectrum. Purdue is dead last in American takeaways with only two. Think about that. They have no takeaways in the last three games, Jared. Iowa, 20 takeaways on the year. Purdue, two. And Iowa's did one more game, but still. I mean, two programs in opposite directions when it comes to getting takeaways uh, from your opposition. Maybe the warm starts to turn for Purdue, Jared. A lot of this is luck, happenstance. Um, you have to think at some point Purdue's going to start getting some turnovers from these opponents. Uh, buddy, I'd, I'd settle for a holding call on George Karloftis for yeah. sakes at this <laughs> point. For that too. Yeah, for that too. I, I almost, I selfishly almost don't want that to happen in Iowa because I just want to hear the the loudest Bronx cheer ever in Rossade when he finally gets a call uh, against Wisconsin. You know what I mean? Because the fans are very <laughs> cognizant of this, and if it actually yeah. happened, I, I think the whole place would lose its collective mind. But uh, no, I, I'd much rather beat Iowa, and that's going to be a tall task. And, yeah, you'll definitely need Iowa to lose some yardage there on uh, holding calls uh, if that's going to be the uh, case. You know, as for the rest of the uh, the Big Ten, I look Michigan. All right, cool. I'm on board there. I don't understand why people continue to undervalue Michigan State. They did it again last week, and they just I, I, I don't understand how the odds makers make them like less than a touchdown favorite in some of these games where clearly. Uh, they're going to run roughshod over bad teams like you know Rutgers, but yet they still do it, and yet I still keep making money. So I guess I'm not complaining too much. But are, are people still undervaluing Michigan State? I think you know they, they, they keep rubbing their eyes, wondering if it's all for real. But we're what six? They're six games into the year. They're they're six and zero, oh, one of the most surprising teams, not just in the Big Ten but in America. What Mel Tucker's done in two years is, is, is remarkable. Um, now, I know Michigan State wasn't a program that was in the depths of despair when you walked through the door, but he's really turned over that roster, Jerry. You, you look at the transfers. People have left the program. The people have come into the program just within the last 12, 18 months. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of questions, especially a quarterback. And, boy, uh, here we are, like, like you were talking about, 6-0, and People are still not believing in them. I think they've got IU this weekend, the old Brass yeah. Platoon game. And four and a half, I'm, four and a half point favorite in that one. They are. That's it. Four and a half. They were one of five point favorite at Rutgers. Now five hundred and sub five hundred teams. You're the tenth ranked team. No, yeah, you're the tenth ranked team in the country. You can't be a touchdown favorite against a five hundred team. This is ridiculous. Yeah, that's good for, well, that's easy money for you, Jared. Yeah. Right? I fall over that. Oh. But, you know, I'm happy for Mel Tucker, and I can't wait. For the class, oh, I can't wait for all these Big Ten East teams to start playing, right? Michigan, Michigan State, you know, Penn State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan State, on and on. We got a lot of juicy matchups still to come uh, to see how that Big Ten East shakes out. Yeah, we got to see who's going to be playing Iowa in that Big Ten championship game. Uh, <laughs> Tom Deedhart from ColdenBlack.com uh, with us here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Buddy, I-, I always love getting together, always love talking some uh, Big Ten football with you because you're always so knowledgeable. You always do such a great job of uh, relating this stuff here. Don't worry. We'll-, we'll learn you on some of these other teams. I'll get you up to speed. Don't you worry. I'll have like a seminar or something like that. We'll have to get together. First of all, last question, Jared. Have you bought any of your Halloween candy yet? 
Um, okay, there was Halloween candy bought. Now, whether or not that lasted, uh, that's a whole other. That's a whole other thing. I bought candy the last couple of weeks. It's it's already gone. I got to keep on going back. My girls just keep on eating me out of house and home. That was your pre-Halloween. Candy. Yeah. We, got, we, we all got plenty of time. I'm with you. I've already been through a bag of Tootsie Rolls, so I'm with you. Yeah, I can't wait to see what you dress up as this year, buddy. I think it'll be fantastic. <laughs> well, stay in, stay in touch, all right? All right, buddy. You take care of yourself. Thank you. That's right, Tom bye-bye. Deanhart, everybody. Goldenblack.com. Uh, if you're not reading goldblack.com, you miss out on so much great stuff. I'll tell you what. Yeah, all the kinds of great insider stuff about football, basketball, uh, and uh, the other Purdue athletic goings-ons. You're going to love it, all right? We got a break. We're going to come back. And uh, Stephanie from Purdue Sports is going to talk about uh, this week in Purdue Athletics, what they got going on for you, including Fan Day for Basketballs coming up on Saturday. Uh, she's got all of the details on that, plus big matchups for volleyball on Sunday. So we'll talk with her about that and more. Uh, plus, we'll go back in time. All that stuff coming up on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017.